This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, Woodside. It's great to be with you today. Um, My name's Debs, and I'm going to tell you this morning something that I don't think I've actually ever told anybody. And that is that when I was a sort of maybe young teenager, I used to sometimes daydream that Prince Harry, usually, or maybe some other um, wealthy, powerful man would one day just hear about my beauty and my intelligence and my great personality and would come to my house one day and approach me and say, I've heard all about you and um, I want you to come away with me and marry me. Now, the story that I'm going to tell you this morning is a bit like that, but also at the same time, it's not at all like that because it's much better than that. Um, And I'm over that now, by the way. The story I'm going to tell you is from Matthew's Gospel. We've been looking at Matthew's Gospel. We've been looking at um, Jesus and the life of Jesus. And this story is about when Jesus came to call his disciples. So what was happening was that Jesus was, um, as Hudson talked about last week, had arrived on the scene. He was in Galilee and he was walking along the Sea of Galilee one day when he came to um, across two men that he had most likely already befriended and been spending some time with. Um, They were fishermen. They were called Andrew and Simon, who he later renamed Peter. They were brothers and they were out fishing as they usually would be. They weren't getting on very well. And he called to them and he said, um, Andrew, Simon, come follow me and I will send you out to become not fishers of fish anymore, but fishers of men or to fish for people. He then, it then says that they just immediately dropped their nets and followed him. And he then carried on and saw another two brothers who were also fishermen called James and John. And he said to them, stop your fishing and come follow me. Now it says that they were with their father and that they um, moored up their boat. They dropped their nets, they left their father and they followed Jesus. Now this morning we're going to look at this story and we're going to use just a basic sort of Bible study tool that I've often found very helpful, which is this, to look up, look in and look out. So what that means is to look up what is this passage telling me about God? What can I learn about God and his character from reading this passage? Look in, what can I learn for myself? What can I learn to apply to my life from this passage? What might God be saying to me as I'm reading it? And then to look out, what does this passage of of scripture mean for the world? What is this saying to those who are um, not yet followers of Jesus? So we're going to start with look up. What can this passage tell us about God? Well, in this passage, we don't hear um, the voice of God per se, but we see Jesus and we know that Jesus was the exact representation of God. So everything that we see Jesus saying, everything that we see Jesus doing, we know that he is the exact representation of God. So in this story, we'll be looking at Jesus in particular. So what we're learning here, I'm just going to pull out four very quick things that we can learn about God from reading this passage. So the first is that God initiates and God invites all. So God initiates relationship here. We see Jesus, he um, 
goes down to meet these men to invite them to join him and to join his mission. Now, um, it was very common, I think Hudson mentioned it last week, for rabbis or teachers, Jewish teachers, to have disciples at that time. So that wasn't an unusual concept. But usually what would happen is that they would be... um, at their homes or their synagogues and they would uh, people would apply if you like for the privilege to be their disciple i imagine it a little bit like the apprentice like alan sugar that you know he's sitting there he's waiting for people to apply and he's going to be judging them and saying are they good enough to be my apprentice to follow me following my footsteps um are they are they able to complete all the tasks I give them? If not, they're fired. If they can, they're hired. Now, Jesus wasn't at all like this, okay? He went to meet these um, men very consciously, very um, purposefully to say to them, come and follow me. It was an invitation to them. Um, We see all throughout scripture that God is the one who comes, is initiating relationship all the time with his people and calling them back to him. Um, If you read, and I just really encourage you to read these three parables in Luke 15, the the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son, sometimes known as the prodigal son. Because each of those stories, they just reiterate so strongly and emphasise the fact that God is searching and looking and will go to um, will will go to any end to bring his people back to him to come into relationship with his people again. Um, Now, God clearly is the initiator here, but also we see that his invitation is open to all. He's inclusive. He goes here to meet fishermen. Um, Fishermen are not generally um, high in status, socioeconomic status. And back in these times, that would have been even more important than it is these days, that um, for the people to have mixed within their social um, in their social groupings. He didn't care about that. Jesus was known as the one who was um, the friend of the marginalised. He wasn't afraid to go and meet lepers, prostitutes, tax collectors, people that were hated. He was um, known for spending time with the outsiders in society. He wasn't actually very interested in talking to those people um, who were interested themselves in their status and in um, their social standing. He went to a place called Galilee, which was known to be a multicultural, multiracial place. And that was where he chose to go and start off his ministry. And that was no accident. So God invites all. We also know um, from this story that we see Jesus empowering and enabling the disciples, the ones that he's calling, to do the mission that he's asking them to do. So we see that God is missional and that God is um, empowering. When he calls them to come and follow him, he says, and I will make you, um, I will send you out to fish for people. He doesn't say, again, it's not like Alan Sugar where he says, "Um, come and follow me um, and I will give you some tasks. And if you succeed at these tasks, then you can continue following me. And if not, then you're out. It's not that at all. It's it's quite the opposite. They're invited in and he says, and I have a um, a mission for you. I want you to continue to share um, the good news that this invitation is there for all. And I'm going to give you the power to do that. So God initiates. We see that God's invitation is inclusive for all. We see that God um, is on a mission uh, and we see that God 
enables and empowers when he calls his people. So we're going to now look in. What can we learn from this passage? And there's so much in here. Just Jesus just says a few things to these people. But we're going to look at the, the two main thing, aspects of what he says. They're actually intrinsically linked, but we're going to just look at them separately for now. He says, follow me. And he says, and I will send you out to fish for people. So first of all, we're going to look at follow me. Now, when you say follow me to somebody, it could mean all sorts of different things. I know when I say to my children, follow me, if I, it very much depends what voice I use as to whether they want to follow me or not. So if I've got some sort of exciting treat for them and I say, follow me, I know they're definitely going to come with me. Now, if I see that, that one of them has drawn on the walls, which is not an uncommon incident, then I would be probably more likely to say, follow me. And they're probably less likely to want to follow me in that instance. You might also use the term follow me thinking about social media and in that sort of a context we find ourselves following all sorts of people. Now when the hearers are in this story, the fishermen, Andrew, Simon, James and John, when they heard Jesus say follow me it would have had particular meaning for them. They would have known, like I said, that um, that rabbis had followers, disciples and they would have known that when Jesus said follow me he didn't mean come with me, he meant Come and be my followers. Come and um, and walk with me, live with me, learn from me, grow with me. Um, it, again, these sort of rabbis that had their followers, they would be like living students. They and, and that term, follow me, it was not just a single act. Um, it was a it was um, a sort of continuous following, um, and so for us, that's you know, that is a decision that we make on a daily basis. We, at some point, will have responded to the call from Jesus to follow him. Um, but it's it's not a follow me and then try your best to keep all the rules, try your best to keep um, to keep going and to fulfil the mission that I've given you. No, it's, it's a daily, even moment to moment, hour to hour, day to day, week to week, year on year choice to keep following Jesus in everything. So that could be in big decisions that we make um, about where we live, about um, what jobs we have, about how we raise our children, where we invest our money. Um, But it can also be in the small things and it is in all the little things in the way that we decide to speak, in the way we respond to people, in the way that we spend our money, in the way that we spend our time, in the things that we really put our value, our security, our hope in. Uh, Jesus is calling us to follow him, put him first in every one of those aspects. Next week, David's going to speak more about what it actually means to follow Jesus. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But what we do know is that Jesus made it clear that him and his kingdom are really the only things that are worth investing in. The only things that are going to last at the end of it all are the things that we've invested for the kingdom of God and for Jesus. Whilst we're on earth, Jesus makes it very clear actually that sometimes there is a cost to following him. Now lots of people came and asked him questions like how can I enter the kingdom of God? How can I gain eternal life? How can I follow you? Can I be your follower? And he said to them some things that we find a bit uncomfortable to listen to. um, He said things like if you want to be my follower you have to die to yourself. If you want to be my follower you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. He said things like, if you want to follow me, you need to sell all your possessions or you need to leave your family. Now, for most of us, 
following Jesus doesn't literally mean that we need to leave our families though for some it does but it might mean things like calling um god calling us into some difficult situations or into um into jobs that we maybe find hard but that we know are building the kingdom of god it might mean things like um adopting a child into your family when actually you've got quite a happy settled family and you know that's that there's a risk it could be like um extending hospitality to people who we might find it difficult to do that to it could be all sorts of things it very often means saying no to things that we'd like to be doing and yes to things that maybe we might find harder um but again jesus gives us everything that we need to be able to do that it just a couple of examples you know i don't know if you've ever done this but sometimes we've looked at our finances and gone oh we're being really um really careful really sensible but we're still finding that we we could just do that bit extra money and then you see your tithe going out and you think oh that cost me that could have been a holiday that we could have gone on as a family but actually what we value more is investing in the kingdom of god and in his church But the good news is that Jesus said that whoever loses his life because of me will find it, will find true life, a worth, a life that's worth living, a life that's worth the cost. Jesus described the kingdom of God and the, finding Jesus as being like a man who found a field and in that field there was some buried treasure and he, this treasure was so precious um, that he went away he sold all of his possessions and he bought the field so that he could gain the treasure i just love that picture because what it's telling us is that following jesus is all or nothing there's a cost to it sometimes but it's a hundred percent worth it i remember as a 16 year old a moment in my life of realizing that following jesus i actually need to be all in or out and in that moment god gave me the the um the boldness to say jesus i'm all in for you now he also then said i will send you out to fish for people following jesus is not actually just about our individual call when jesus calls the disciples here he makes it really clear that the purpose of them being called into his kingdom is to share this good news with other people Imagine that you had come across um, or discovered the vaccine for coronavirus. You're not likely to, I'd hope, to keep it for yourself or even for your family, but you would want to share it with the world. Now, this is, again, a countercultural message for us right now because we live in a world that really believes in everybody having their own individual truth and it's not appropriate to tell somebody else um, that what's true for you is also true for them. But actually, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So this is news, good news, wonderful, precious treasure that we found that... God um, is calling us when he asks us to follow him to share with others as well. Um, My sister recently sent a message to our family on our WhatsApp and it was so powerful that I just want to read it to you now. It says, hi family, you might recall at our great grandma's funeral that we heard how she became a Christian. It was through her future husband's mum talking to her about it. Since then, I have been so grateful for that woman who told her because of the way it has impacted the generations of our family since. But I was wondering about 
the other side of the family. So I asked grandma if her grandparents were Christians or where her family line became Christians. She said that her grandparents were not believers, but that her mum became a Christian when she got invited uh, to church in London, that where her future husband's brother got saved and then invited his brother and that's where they met. She says, praise God for those people that invited our great grandparents to hear the gospel. I love to think about it. Let's never grow tired or ashamed of telling people the gospel and or inviting them to hear it. Now, that has just impacted me so much because I don't know about you, but I am so grateful that somebody chose to share the good news of Jesus with my um, grandpa- with my great grandparents and that that has come down as a heritage of faith to me and my family. So lastly, we're going to look out, what does this passage mean for those that don't know Jesus? What does this passage mean for the world around us? Well, first of all, if you don't know Jesus, then let me tell you that he is calling you to follow him. Remember that the men who we saw in the story, they had already spent some time getting to know Jesus, um, figuring him out and maybe investigating what he was really about. So that when he came and said to them, follow me, they already knew that they were all in. If that's you, you might be investigating Jesus, wondering if this is really worth your time, if this is really worth, you might be in that category of counting the cost. And if you are, then I would just say to you that we are going to be starting an alpha course in a few weeks time on the 16th of June at 7.45. It's going to be virtual. It's going to be over Zoom. It's a bit different, but we want to give an opportunity for anybody who is interested in finding out more about Jesus to come and just find out, to discuss, to share in a really safe environment. So just please get in touch with us if that is you via our website or our Facebook page or any way that you can. To those fishermen, he was saying to them, follow me and I will give your life real purpose. I'll give it real meaning. And if you continue to read the stories of Jesus, which I just really encourage you to do, then you'll find that he really is that promised treasure. You'll find through him eternal life. You'll find true freedom. You'll find forgiveness. You'll find abundant life that is full of meaning full of purpose and a father who loves you deeply and unconditionally who's always with you and he'll give you a deep peace and a joy that is beyond anything else that you can find jesus said follow me i just want to um emphasize to you that christianity is not about following a set of rules or regulations or um, rituals or traditions it's about a person of jesus and he is worth getting to know So just to end, I want to encourage each of us. We're in this such a unique time right now and I want to encourage you to take stock of your life. I know that sounds heavy, but lots of us are finding that this is a moment to um, to sort of reflect on what we really hold dear. What do we really um, find security in? What do we really find worth in? What are we building our lives around? What are we spending our time doing? And we've now got a chance as we start to come out of this to make decisions about how we do spend our time and our money um, and, and what we are actually doing with our lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, I just want to encourage you to um, to take stock. Are the ways that we're spending our time 
um, and the things that we most care about, the things we're building and investing in, are they the things that God is calling us to do? Are, or have we accidentally picked up other nets and found that we are starting to care about things that are not of his kingdom or things that eventually will fade away? Secondly, is my following, this is, this is a question that I've been asking myself and I'll, I'll challenge to you as well, is my following of Jesus characterised by sharing the good news of the gospel with others? Because that's exactly what Jesus was calling these to, disciples to do and he's giving the same call to us. Now the good news is this, we don't need to worry about what things um, are worthwhile because we already know the answer. It's, it's Jesus. It's all the things that... Um, that are building his kingdom we know that following Jesus and sharing the good news of his kingdom are the things that are worthwhile in life and are worth building our lives around that's why Paul in Philippians said indeed I count everything else as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord for his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ we know it's going to be worth it let me just remind you again, if you're not um, yet a follower of Jesus, that he is inviting you in. There's no qualification. There's no rigorous process to go through. It's just a case of responding wholeheartedly to the call that he's making on your life. And again, please sign up or um, just inquire about coming on the Alpha course if you think you might be in that place. So just to end, um, I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to say those words again that Jesus called on the disciples and I hope that they will ring in your ears and give you something to really think about over the next coming week. Jesus said, follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.